0: Hello everyone and welcome to Azizi podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review specifically on iTunes and specifically five stars if you can. My next guest is Marquise Jones. He's a boxing journalist and just a great person in general. Enjoy the conversation. And I'm recording. Marquise Jones is my guest on Azizi Podcast. How's it going, sir?
1: Pretty good, Aziz. How you doing today, man?
0: Uh, I'm doing all right. And uh, you're not the first person who calls me Aziz. And I will correct you one time. It's Azizi Podcast. So it's Azizi is my last name. Samir is my first name. You can call me Azizi if you want to.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Azizi it is. All right.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's... (laughs) That's all good. I was actually thinking how to pronounce your name correctly, but when I was doing like some of my research, like just a little bit, I was listening to podcasts with you and, Oh, They called you Marquise. And I'm like, okay, Marquise, because I was like, is it Marcus or Marquise?
1: Oh <laughs> so man, it's Marquise, I, I, you'll yeah. be You'll be surprised the Roblox I run into with that where I'm pretty much being called Marcus. Maurice is a good one. I always fall into for some strange reason. <laughs> uh, Montez comes up every so now and then it's just, it's still Marquise, but I just love the variations of how people interpret my name as something completely different. It always cracks me up every time.
0: Well, I'm very proud of myself for guessing it the first time correctly, Marquise. And and actually, yes. I like I like how it sounds, Marquise Jones. It's it's very, it's very, um, I don't know, very it's streamlined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, I it's funny cause I was thinking today, like how come I, I haven't heard about you before. And I was like, but that doesn't make sense because you you're, you're a boxing writer. you have a podcast. You're, you're on the box, you're on the boxing scene a lot. Uh, and I've been around for a couple of years only, but I was on the West coast of the time I was in California in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I think that's like the main reason I feel like because then Ernie green also like, uh, appeared on Twitter in my like, uh, environment. And he invited me to the chat yeah. and there was a bunch of other people. I was like, how come I don't know you guys? What's happening? I only knew Gail, and plus Gail was on the West Coast. Uh, And I think it's kind of like the East Coast, West Coast thing. Somehow, like, the signal is not getting to to Los Angeles, to West Coast. I don't know why, but that's like a phenomenon that I
1: noticed. What do you think? I, I think, what, especially like with boxing Twitter, especially on some things, like, especially like with folks meeting on and whatnot, like, I think the dis- big disconnect is that, for some reason or another, it's it's the, the, way, their ag- the way their algorithms or whatever, the, the, the way their system is set up is that, for some reason, boxing on my end doesn't happen west of Alabama, so anything that happens on the west coast that wasn't like from like ESPN or just some sort of random Golden Boy news feed, like, I just wouldn't see it. So I wouldn't see half these people unless I was even doing, like, media, media conference calls or I'm with, I'm with those people. Like, that's how I know Gail personally, where it's like you, you hear the same people on the same media calls over and over again for these fights that are upcoming. It, or or just in general, where, like, you just have to look on the readings and clippings. But, like, yeah, it's really bizarre about that, that you never heard of your boy here. But, now I've been around, man, in and out of it for a solid... 15 years. Most of it was on the lower level at the, at, the, at the very beginning, back in like the early 2000s.
0: So tell me about but, this because, because my podcast yeah. is exactly about, you know, it's, it's, it's about lives, right? It's about, you know, how people started in, in anything, not only boxing, but any other, other industries. I do a lot of boxing, but I'm interested in, in people's path in general. So yeah. I wanted just to learn more about you because again, I actually do not know you much and it would be great to, to sort of learn about you. So let's start from the beginning. How did you yes. get involved with this part of boxing?
1: Uh, pretty much. I was always I was always around it, and it's going. To, I'm going to tell you the story. It's going to sound probably like every other cliche boxing story you heard so far, before beginning and end. Okay.
0: But a group as
1: a kid watching, group as a kid watching Tyson fights at my parents' house, and that's always been the go-to. And because my parents were the ones that were always hosting the Tyson fights, and we they would always be always there. And, and pretty much just as a kid growing up, after that, I just always grew up keeping up with it, watching like as a kid growing up on USA here in the states Tuesday night fights on Tuesdays and just random fight cards wherever on HBO like everybody else I mean I wish I had some sort of crazy like rocky story for you about that but it's really <laughs> just me as a kid growing up watching rock not just tyson fights like everybody else uh-huh
0: and what did you feel when you when you watched tyson fights i mean i because i don't know you grew up in the 90s, but I feel like you're you're older than me. I'm, I'm 28 uh, right now, and I don't really remember Tyson fights very well. How old were you when you were watching them?
1: I was about 7 or 8, and actually, at this point, I am a solid decade of you. I turn 38 next year, so I'm a decade oh, okay. ahead of you on this. So so that may explain a lot of it, actually, because you saw Tyson at, at his point when he was on the pretty much on the way out. Exactly. Saw, I saw him as a kid going on the way up, and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's that's pretty much the big disconnect between pretty much the late eighties and pretty much eighties, 80s, eighties 80s boxing and nineties boxing in general is just pretty much the path of Tyson in regards to it because there was a big there was a, of course he went to jail and then there was that gray area of that period but once he came mm-hmm. back out of jail he had to sit, this this nineties reemergence of came coming back up and then the Holyfield fights happened and then the Lennox Lewis fights happened and then mm-hmm. the Kevin McBride fight happened in here. And now here we are present day.
0: <laughs> so was the uh, Tyson then Mike Tyson was the gateway for you to get into boxing? Were you like with me, it was triple G. I was watching triple G a lot. I was like, uh, I'm a huge fan of triple G and I was watching his fights yeah. and, and sort of, uh, I started knowing, like I started following journalists and what they talk about. Then I started watching other fights and but like, getting into this, uh, you know, seen in general was that for you uh mike tyson was the same for you
1: for me it was because at that point as a kid just growing up that that made me had to go backwards and look at like all the other heavyweights past and present when i think that's when you went like to see like the jack johnson's all you know that's going way way back and then more a more recent like with the joe lewis's and then of course, Muhammad Ali, along those lines, and Larry Holmes was a staple on Tuesday night fights on on USA and as a kid on as a kid growing up. So yeah, I always look back at some of those fights he has as a kid as well in the '80s and early '70s, and it's like it's interesting where like he was the gateway for me in regards to it. Once time growing on, I found you know other uh, boxes, other weight classes. That I just just kept. Kept up with it just in terms of like everybody else. It's kind of funny. I'm, I'm going to cross reference one of the podcasts you had on before where uh, you had Box Rec Gray on. Yes. And his path up towards boxing with numbers and stuff like that is semi similar to mine as well. Where he mentioned on, on your podcast with this actually that he used to keep up with statistics in baseball. Uh, obviously, me wearing the baseball stuff here of the only team in town here in Tampa. uh <laughs> Uh, it's kind of the same path on that. And I was the kid growing up with that, with baseball as well. Where I, they, they had this magazine growing up, uh, especially in the 90s. They kind of – if you can find it, they're kind of relics now But because pretty much BaseballReference.com is what it is now. But back in the day before technology picked up, there would be this yearly almanac called Who's Who in Baseball. And I would have uh-huh. yearly collections of those. It would be like 20 bucks, It would have like Barry Bonds or whoever on the cover, King Griffey. And then you have like every all the baseball players, their stats, their numbers. Their teams, their designations, when they got traded, when they resigned—it was, you know, next level nerd stuff. And so, uh, it's, it's, it's always funny when I always hear like stuff like that. But that, that was always my my crossway. But that was with sports as well. Would always watch baseball, watch occasional basketball, but boxing was always the one sport I was trying to keep up with the most.
0: Uh huh. So. At what point did you decide like, okay, I want to actually be in this. I want to, because right now you, you are a writer and you're a podcaster. And so you're basically, you're covering the fights. Um, so that's something that you do uh, for a living or at least partially what you do for a living. Um, when, like, when was that moment when you decide like, okay, I want to do this.
1: I want to dedicate, you know, my, my professional career to this particular sport. Uh, just on my end, it was something I always wanted to pursue, just in terms of this, wanting to cover sports in general. I wanted to be some sort of sports broadcaster in some way or avenue. And the way I figured I'd get into it was, and this is going to sound like something so late 90s, early 2000s when I tell you this, is that I wanted to uh, graduate from college and uh, work for the local newspaper and then covering sports. Yeah. So where did you graduate from? I, uh, I actually kind of dropped out. Actually, oh, okay, so you were the, the rebel. University.
0: The Zuckerberg I was type. The
1: with, Yeah, I was <laughs> I was the other guy who uh, decided to stay away from all that book stuff. Okay. But, you know you know was you know what it was. I got the psychology class. They mentioned Pavlov and the peanut butter and the dog. I just I just I, I withdrew and kept kept it moving. After that, I just couldn't deal. But
0: <laughs> what? Hold on a second. What do you mean?
1: <laughs> oh, psychology 101. There's a there's a there's a big chapter ready to do on Pavlov. Where yeah, you do, like, I know the, the Pavlovian,
0: Pavlovian yeah. dog with the saliva and smell of food, like all of that.
1: Yeah, so I'm maybe I misinterpreted it, but yeah, pretty much the whole dog and peanut butter thing is somewhere came along the lines of that. And I was just like, yeah, I just can't get with any of this. But maybe the class is <laughs> just too boring for me. I just couldn't deal. Okay. But that was my deal with it. But I, after that, I just took, did the old fast way where I just picked up either uh, internships at, at, at local radio stations in town or just started doing freelance writing A first go-round back in the early Always 2000s. Always in Tampa? Kind of, yeah. At this point, I was back in Tampa. Yeah, I always followed up with that where mm-hmm. I was fighting the local fighters down here. In the early 2000s, the big fighters down here were Wanky Wright and Jeff Lacey when they were doing your title brain. Because pretty much all the boxers here uh, train at uh, St. Pete Boxing Club. That's the big that's the big mecca for boxing gyms here. It's kind of like Detroit's Cronk Gym, essentially. It's the same mm-hmm. of life of, of priority. So a lot of the fighters will train there. And a lot of the earlier fights were beat, like, if, if you're locally here, the building's closed down now. I think it's turning into a, a condominium project now. But back in the day, if you look at it, the Egypt Lake Shrine building, which I knew it growing up as growing up here as the Alakar Pavilion, was a place where they had all the local club shows and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you do see a lot of early fights like that, like, even more present-day, like, Keith Furman's early pro- fight cards were there as well. It, pretty much they all of them go through that at some, point, some capacity, and they, they all were just, just fighting there. But back to answering your question, what got me to pursue it to begin with, was the first go-round I was doing, after I dropped out, I did radio internships, and then from that point, they had like a, 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 a the internships pretty much got me at, at that point in Avenue as a as a kind of a get a free pass card to see some of these fights where I can say, hey, working with the radio station, hey, can I cover right. this fight? And be like, oh, yeah, here's your press credential, you know easy way 101. So I'll be able to cover some of the local club fights there and just kept up with doing there every so often with freelancing. And then from there, it just picked up and then I got out of it. And then back in 2017, I got back into it working with what I do now for Big Fight Weekend where I just wanted to pick it back up and had to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just terms in terms of getting back into media, getting connections, talking to everybody, people knowing who I who the hell am I and Mm -hmm. going from there.
0: Wait, so it, it's kind of funny though, right? Because like, I've been thinking about this for some time is when you yeah. are a boxing journalist or a boxing writer, like w- when you want to become a person like that, you're never motivated by, oh, I'm going to get all this money or income. You you only motivated by actually getting access. You're motivated by getting credentials and getting into the, you know, the scene and getting into the event and, you know, just be there. Like that's like the, the motivator for a lot of boxing writers. Which is you know what's like- funny?
1: And it's funny you mention that, and like, and it's the one thing that's always misconception with people who, who, who keep, keep up with boxing writers and think that there's some sort of weird bias with a lot of people or like they hate this or that. At the end of the day, we're just all big fans who just want the, the best seat in the house. And what better <laughs> way to get the best seat in the house than to, A... Right about the fight you're going to one and two just being around it all as a whole and it it, for me it made it a lot easier just to get this to ask people about it like hey how can i how can i get here for this hey can i talk to this person Can i talk to so and so and the easiest way to do that was just a be annoying about it and b just keep asking until they tell you yes and that's pretty much where i'm at now with it
0: you know it's it's kind of uh funny it's you know boxing is not as as like a big industry as NFL or NBA. But something about this industry makes you very good, makes you feel very good when you are on the inside, because it's, it's very relationship. It's very connections. Who knows what, who's, who gets what seats? who gets what access to people, something magical about this and something like you really want to be in this industry. You, you really know, you really want to know who knows who and who's gonna, you know, fight next. Like you want to know like the gossip and the secrets. And I, and I talked about this before, there's a lot of talk in boxing. There's a lot of gossip in boxing, but it sort of kind of comes with the territory. And I was very surprised at the beginning about that. What do you think?
1: You know what it is? What it, it's a lot of, con, I, you, I, you, you may have realized as, as, as you've gotten back into this, that there's just a lot of conjecture and there's a lot of projection. And we in, in terms of, especially with such like fight projections and like, who's going to fight who and everyone says a lot of this. The one thing I realized with this, Aziz is that when it comes to boxing talk with terms of like fights, Mm -hmm. there's always a lot of talk. There's talk about fights going on now and there's nobody fighting, you know, at all. So especially during all this pandemic stuff. And so at at this point you have to take it with a grain of salt, but it's like, Oh, well, when this pandemic ends, I'm going to fight you. And it's like, Oh, okay. It's like, all right. (laughs) Some of it you have to just tune out and take it for what it's worth. A lot of it I've realized over time is that the biggest way they can hype up a lot of these fights, especially in this day and age with social media and especially with, with marketing in general, is that all I can do is talk about it. I mean, it's it's a cliche when they say talk is yeah. cheap, and talk is cheap. However, in terms of making these fights happen, it helps. I mean, some of it, sound, some of it comes off a little fabricated, but it's the one thing with that. But the back, back to your first point we mentioned where, uh, with boxing being a big, small circle, yeah. it really is a very small, close-knit family. You'll be surprised – and it's the one thing I've realized is being back in it as well, is that as long as you're nice to people, you can pretty much climb as high up the food chain as you want. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, it's not like, you know, you can be nice in other organizations where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm nice to this person, like the, like the NFL, for example. Like, oh, well, I'm nice to this football player. I want to talk to Roger Goodell. Yeah, that's not how that works. In, this, in boxing, <laughs> if you're nice to a certain amount of people, you can talk to the fi- the top people at PBC. You can talk to a Bob Arum. You can talk to Eddie Hearn, where it's like, just be nice to him not say they're jerks or whatever have you didn't expect like well he won't talk to me well maybe because you called him a jerk just wrong it out there i mean it's it's kind of exactly. common sense and stuff like and that but i'm a big proponent exca- i'm you'd a big proponent
0: of, <laughs> of being nice <laughs> know you know happens. especially like especially when the people are saying something on twitter or anything like that and and then sort of act like they didn't say that you know you're still kind of putting it out there and so just keep in mind that people are watching and people are listening and and you, you will not just you know kind of get out of that without anyone noticing that so it's just like yeah i completely agree being polite and being nice uh, not only in boxing but anywhere is is definitely a huge benefit you're not you're not making things worse that's for sure yeah <laughs> being nice it, it,
1: I mean, and it's one thing, I, especially with using social media as an example, like usually for most of our social media, I thought for years, I've just used it just to complain about things so I can get free stuff from corporations. I kind of thought that's how the internet worked to begin with. <laughs> like usually with everything else is just like, oh, okay, that's cool. I, I usually mm-hmm. just go under like, you playing, like, you know, X name brand like sucks and then the corporation that works for X name brand shoots me a DM and I get like a free gift card or a free bill. You know, that's kind of the way it worked back for a while now, not so much with everything going on, but it's weird with that. And also I realized working as just, it's just doing writing as well is that you never know who's going to read your writing. So you have to make sure you're saying, you don't say anything that you wouldn't say to a person's face where it's like, Well, so and so says this, and it's like, Well, oh I think he's an idiot and all that junk says. And then yeah. he just rolls up on you, and then it's like, uh, well hi. And then it all cla- you clam up and it's like, Oh, you sound different in person, don't you? And it's like, No, you can't you can't be that person. So There's
0: a, <laughs> there's a fine line though, right? Like there's a fine yeah. line between criticism and between being rude and in the same time kissing someone's ass. And and that's where like I'm like it's it's kind of de- interesting right you you try like if you're criticizing something like actually uh you know put your money where your mouth is basically be serious about it critical you don't have to go personal or anything like that but if you don't like someone for certain things and you want to write about it i would say write about it and again i know there are risks there are are some people who are very thin-skinned and they will not handle it and they will not give you access to certain things but this is where it comes where like okay and you can do it either way. You can either kiss ass and try to, you know, man- maneuver and hope that you can get as much access uh, as you can, and that can maybe benefit you in the short time. Or you can be critical if if there is a reason to be critical about, it, and then actually stand by your words when you actually meet this person or this organization face to face. But then again, there's risk that you will that you will basically be blacklisted. So, being a boxing journalist, it's a it's a, it's an interesting. It's an interesting uh career ethically speaking and 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 I don't know. I don't know what is the right answer and luckily because uh, I don't know if I would handle it I would probably kiss everyone's ass if I was a boxing journalist. <laughs> but like to to have balls to be critical and then stand by uh, stand by your words that's uh, that's admirable too. <laughs>
1: The one one thing I can recommend to you, just just sage advice if anyone's listening to this, is that just state your point and be objective about it. Just say, if if you say something stinks, explain why you think it stinks. If you have a reason for everything, there's a reason for everything. If you stand by that reason, at the end of the day, that be the person who is gonna accept it or not. The fact that it, it, just make sure whatever you say, you stay. In, I will admit you have to stay in your ground on with terms of opinions, especially with that. That's what that separates being objective about it, and then just beving just blatant like conjecture, saying such and such as this and such, such as that. Where it's like, well, you gotta back that up with something. That's the thin line with it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, people. I mean, people don't like rating bad things about them all the time. So you have to you have to smarten up with that stuff. But if you're objective and fair about it and just laying out the facts that are out there, like if so-and-so got arrested, chances are there's a police report, there's a police case charge, <laughs> and there's a, you know, there's, there's something filed with it where it's like – People aren't going to like that, but at the end of the day, it's there. It's public information. It's, you you've exactly. got arrested. I mean, I have to report what's there. I just can't be like the, the uh, cop from South Park be like, oh, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> so you have to explain that to people. And mm-hmm. with, with stuff like that, it, 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 there's that thin line, but at the end of the day, it, you just make sure whatever you write or say in terms of it, you stand behind. And if they don't accept it, they don't accept it. But it's nothing that you can control with that. So –
0: absolutely so Marquis since I guess Zoom is limiting my time with you it's I'm, I'm just gonna I guess structure my podcast with uh with some of the topics that I would like to ask you because I'm interested as well and yes. there's there's this thing with um with Athletic they just laid off eight percent of their workforce and one of the and several of them are boxing writers what do you think about that how does the scene look for boxing writers like that that I got laid off as well uh, I know that uh, Dan Raphael left ESPN as well just recently. What do boxing writers do after they uh, basically leave their place of employments so in your opinion, what is the best case scenario for them?
1: On my end, they pretty, pretty much all of them are doing the same thing where they have to pretty much freelance. What they're doing at the athletic is actually rough by the way, where it's like essentially the big thing with this whole pandemic, as you may have guessed, is that everybody is losing money all over the place in terms of either revenue or money coming in. And, Especially at the athletic, which gears are things around writing about sports. If there's no sports going on, it's absolutely dire for a lot of these things. It's it's the reason why the uh, zone is having a big issue as well. Where I'm 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 in the conspiracy camp where it's like I don't see how they survived this, considering that they have no actual physical programming, which kind of stinks on their part because it's 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 a clever idea, you know, mm-hmm. a, a streaming a, a streaming platform is showing sports. Right, you know, it sounds great, and but unfortunately, as you know, with the pandemic, there's no sports, so you're now like what everybody else is doing, where you got on e- I mean, the worldwide leader in sports, ESPN, is showing uh, athletes playing video games. So mm-hmm. either you, either, either you result up being a Twitch network, or you start showing like everybody else, you start showing best ofs and uh, greatest fights and re- recreations, or keep talking right. about the same talking points. But I feel like that doesn't to- work. It at, at the end of the day, people get bored with it. It, it. It's like everything else, where it's like we're all. I mean, for a while, it's funny because I think boxing was just not prepared to not have any fights. Where it's like mm-hmm. it, I'm. I remember. I don't know if it's easy to remember at the beginning of this pon- uh, this pandemic, where uh, the world boxing super series had like a little cool little you know video game simulation oh, yeah. like Fight Night Round Three. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did it for like the first week and a half, and then they did it again. Yeah. And then, then they then tried what? doing it the third week, and it's like, okay, man, stop. Put a plug on this. that's kind of where that's kind of where all sports are in general, where it's like it's why ESPN is having to resort to showing uh, Korean baseball at like 1 a.m. in the morning because I just need some sort of sports content for people a to gamble on and mm-hmm. be just to watch in general i mean but back to answering your question in terms of boxing writers a lot of writers that got laid up at the flight which i think is rough is that a lot of them are pretty much to until the, the market for sports picks back up we're going to have to freelance or hope they can latch on with someone as soon as possible a lot of folks aren't able to do that right now because there's just no sports going on mm-hmm. dan Rafael's is a special case because dan rafael is honestly the the pistol and the cornerstone of boxing writers up and down, where it's like you can like you can like or hate Dan Rafael, but Dan Rafael is essentially in all terms of boxing people, the mm-hmm. man when it comes to boxing writing. So he was Great. able to be, and, he, and pretty much he was able, he was able to pretty much call his own shots. Where I think now he's freelancing, doing for writing for the ring and boxing, scene. like, I mean, if. If I had a newspaper or an organization and Dan Raphael want to write a, a story for my website at bigfightweekend.com, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, Dan, we're busy. So <laughs> you, you get to call your shots on stuff like that when you're, when you're him. But everybody sure. else, you pre- you pretty much get to pick and choose where it's like you just got to wait for either you wait for sports to pick back up or hope that things will just turn for the better. But with the athletic, I just know they're just doing that all across the board with just in terms of like laying everybody there. But that's, that's also. Just printing a uh, type media in general as whole, like I remember telling you how I want like to work for the newspaper. The mm-hmm. newspaper I want to work for is no longer in business, so and that 's in town here this, is, this is, i mean I live in Tampa this isn 't exactly some sort of you know one city town where the, you know there's only one walmart or one mcdonald's at the light i mean right this sound this town only has one solid paper and even then people don't really read that they they can't give the paper away here they were giving it away like two years ago here where you would just, would just front at your doorstep and you'd be like what the hell is this and then, oh the paper so that's kind of where print media is as a whole in general you know, website media as well too so it's it's rough but at the end of the day until boxing picks back up with actual events it, it, it's going to be like this for a while
0: Yeah, we'll see how it's going to work out. I really definitely feel bad for the writers that got laid off, and uh, I hope they're going to land. And based on what I'm seeing on Twitter, everyone's actually praising the writers. They really give them compliments and say they're very talented and all that. So I feel like, you know, they they will land uh, hopefully smoothly and in whatever opportunity they will be presented.
1: I think they will, and I think also what is that? Once the market picks back up for sporting events, I think that's when all of these guys that were being let go will be immediately picked back up. That's that's the way I see it personally, and I, mm. it just helps that we need some actual sports to write about. That's yeah, that's true. That's true, and 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 I see. You know, we see that
0: California is slowly opening their business. I just read the news. Hopefully, the rest of the United States will open businesses as well, and sports will follow as well. Going back to my second topic is Mike Tyson. So we've seen Mike Tyson doing his wrestling uh, shtick just recently. Can we just agree that that's what he was planning to do with the whole publicity stunt? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's going to fight. Can we just say that he's not going to fight anymore? Or do, do you think there's still a chance that he will do some sort of exhibition thing?
1: whatever he's going to do it I'm I'm in the camp where I think he's going to do an exhibition the question is is who's going to regulate it and who's going to do who's actually going to put up with it where my thing is he's doing Tyson is really is actually recreating 1997 for him all over again when he was facing Evander Holyfield he's going back into wrestling because he's because he's done this before in in 97 he was facing he he got to the ring um, for WWE or WWF back in the day with Mm -hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin they had this big dust up you know Shocking wrestling conversations don't go well and they get angry. They start a fight who knew, but it, it, that, so when he did it again. I think like two weeks ago on this AEW show on TNT. So he's trying, he's trying to make the rounds again with this stuff. It's a, it's a quality publicity stunt. I think we're all looking into this. This man's 53 years old. I I, I yeah. mean, you, you read boxing Twitter when he was doing these workout videos, you will think he's like, Oh, he can face wilder. Like what? Like, huh? Like, I feel like out. it's just, yeah. I
0: was thinking like, why are we so excited? The- that Tyson is sort of back in the gym, right? Why are we, it's it's a lot of nostalgia, right? We want him to be back. We want that. That's the same reason why we get all these remakes of the movies. We want that feeling again. Nothing gets us going uh, like it used to before and people are just craving that. And Tyson can, might as well capitalize on that and and more power to him as long as, you know, I hope he's not going to get injured or anything like that. Um, But who knows, you know, yeah, it, it depends on his opposition. Maybe he'll get matchmaking with someone. Maybe Holyfield will will give him some some kind of weird matchmaking. Now, now that they both are old as fuck, so they can actually yeah. provide some sort of a like I don't know some some spectacular fight where we have like knockdown knockouts and all of that at the same time. Where, but it's not like Tyson fighting some new guys, some old some some uh, some some young dude. Up and comer. Yeah, and, and he's going to get knocked out. And we're like, ah, shit, Tyson, why would you do that?
1: So I hope it's going to be spectacular like that. But it's just like two old dudes, like, really going at it. <laughs> you know what? It sounds great and real out in your mind, but I'm going to bring it back to what you mentioned before. Like, we, we have this big thing with nostalgia, and we keep yeah. remaking everything. And unfortunately, as you well know, A lot of these remakes fucking suck. So, and I I don't expect this to be any different. And the one thing I I will mention with Tyson as well with that, where it's like, I know he's in shape. I mean, he looks. I mean, not for nothing, he looks like someone's jacked up grandpa at this point. So, I will give him credit for that. But the one thing with Tyson that is always intriguing why why we all like crave for this is where because there's there's only one Mike Tyson. That's the big deal with that. Where he he's, he's this weird enigma where it's like you just never know what's going on with him. I mean, this guy went from. Uh, being on top of the world to being upset to being in jail, coming back to biting a man's ear to getting a tattoo on his face and to doing movies and weird cartoons mm-hmm. and then getting out of boxing and doing one man plays. I mean, you, you just never know what Tyson, what the hell he's going to do next. So I think that's where, I think we're all in that camp and seeing how it looks. But in terms of actual boxing ring ability and fighting, I, yeah. I don't expect much of anything at all. I think that. it's going Same to thing-
0: be 30 seconds of action and then just bunch of hugging and, and that's going to, Decision fight, anyways. Uh, yeah, and it, but anyways, and, it, and
1: thankfully it, it'll be an exhibition, so it, it's no big deal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, I just hope it's gonna be fun. Either way, I'm gonna watch it and everyone's gonna tune in as well. So, more power to Tyson for still capitalizing on his star power. Um, so, that's that. My second subject that I want to talk to you is uh, uh. Canelo Dirivachenko 5. Dirivachenko, how we say it in Russian. Um, is, yeah. do, do you think this is happening? And what kind of fight will it be, in your opinion? How is Derivacing going to hold up against Canelo?
1: Honestly, it depends all on two things. One, uh, Canelo and who he wants to fight, and two, if he's going to actually have a platform to fight on, I'm going with Canelo. (laughs) You're still saying zone zone is going down. (laughs) I I am on, I I am in the opinion that zone is going the way of the C of the OWB, the Dumont network, the XFL. Like, I just don't, it's hard to sustain what they're doing when they're, charging people currently a subscription base that they already don't really have and they're charging mm-hmm. them still full price and there's nothing to verify or show for. I, I just, honestly it, it comes up as a scam service at this point where it's like, and I, you see horror stories if you type in, you know, the zone sucks on Twitter, you just get a grocery list of people complaining and bitching about it mm-hmm. to the point of no return or you get people complaining about the, people who are like are pausing their subscriptions and they're still taking the money out. I mean, that's the shit AOL used to do back in the 2000s where everyone realized we don't need to pay for this crap anymore. It's a, it's the same sketchy stuff so i'm in the camp of that part of it but to answer your question with canelo i also thought canelo was going to fight billy joe saunders i really think that fight should happen if they find some way to make that happen one way or another D- depending on the travel restrictions i think once they lift that i think we're getting that fight first but it also comes down to what canelo if canelo's fight canelo came out last week saying he's won the fight with no fans mm-hmm. i mean it it it's easy for a man who gets paid uh, thirty-five exactly. million dollars a fight to say, "Hey, I'll fight a for lesbian. nobody." Yeah, yeah, Cool. Who's going to pay for that thirty-five mil? Now, I mean, and how much of a discount is he going to take? Is going to take thirty-two million? That's cool, or thirty million. And the problem mm-hmm. also with that is, they you, you, you mentioned other fighters. They mentioned like you know the Derevchenko. They, they mentioned uh, I want to say Anthony Durrell at one point. Uh, I mean, the, the, the other list of middle, super middleweights at one sixty-eight. And the bigger issue with that is, is that in order for Canelo to take a pay cut. He's going to have to negotiate with someone else on the on that B side of it to take a pay right. cut as well. And everyone fighting uh, Canelo knows in their mind that he's the richest guy getting paid in boxing. They want a piece of that pie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what held up. That's what helped the Kovalev talk for so long because everybody in their great grandma knew he was going to face Sergey Kovalev one way or another after that after the Yarde fight. And you see these news stories from De La and Golden Boy being like, well we're still negotiating. We're, we're trying to keep the price low. It's like, there's no price low on this. You, he, Canelo wants to fight this guy. or he's going to complain about it. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what happened. He complained about it. And then they had, to, they had to pay the money up. And I think, cause I think at the end of the day with Kovalev, I think you got pay for that fight, like $10 million. I that's, mean, what I, that's the amount that I'm heard as well. Yeah. I mean, so you're telling me that if Canelo's taking a discount, say of like 20 million, this just it's kicks and giggles. I mean, a, this one's going to come with 20 million bucks. I don't know where that's at. Mm-hmm. And B, if he's taking 20, how much is the other guy going to get? You're going to tell the other guy that, that, that <clears throat> Derechenko and whatnot, he's going to get like three or four, which is weird. And, and, and you mentioned, it's funny with Derechenko because he just fought this fight with uh, Triple G, as we all know. Mm-hmm. That was an IBF mandatory bout. That bout, I think, went for a purse bid, as we all know, for like five and a half million bucks. Mm-hmm. So you, now you're going to tell this guy who just came up with a tough loss where people still may argue to him that he may have won that fight. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, you want to face Canelo? Sure. Uh, can you do it for like two and a half million? I'm going to tell you to kick rocks. So I took right. a lot of that going on. So it depends on how much they can can lowball the, the, the opposition for Canelo with that. And B, if the zone can actually afford to have this fight go on with nobody in the stands, which I just don't see either one of those two things happening.
0: You know, I was just thinking about the contract, if uh, with Canelo's, you know, thirty-five mil flat fees and all of that. I wonder if they have a force majeure situation where, you know, coronavirus definitely can classify can be classified as a force majeure, where they can actually demand some sort of a discount. And I know if, even if they will, it's going to go through some courts and, and litigation and all of that. But I, I feel like maybe yeah. Dazon can use that as their grounds for like lowering the payout for 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 their fighters. You know, who yeah, knows? Maybe.
1: Who knows what that, but that may be the case. But then you'd think as a promotional outlet for uh, with Canelo for Golden Boy, where it's like, I mean, the more money that Canelo makes, the more money Golden Boy makes. You'd think somewhere down the line, someone's someone's taking a pay cut. We just don't know who it's going to be. And I just don't mm-hmm. see how both of those guys – I don't know how, how – this that whole chain of events is going to see eye to eye on all of that, where it's like – especially yeah. with may, only oh it's only with canelo in these in triple g with like these fight discounts i don't i just don't see how they're going to do it everybody else uh in the grand scheme of things has already come out and even said hey i'm not gonna on this as revenue mm-hmm. like you, you see with pbc for example like they mentioned they're, they're, they they're get part of the out. gate they're boxers yeah they, they yeah they get part they get part of the revenue where it's like of course they are gonna say they're not gonna fight without fans that that's money mm-hmm. off the table why why would they so I mean that's that's why you're saying with, with Top Rank. Even Bob has mentioned this on this on, uh, on when he was doing his interview rounds before uh, the Secure Stevenson fight this week, where he mentioned on a lot of these shows where it's like we're, we're we're still paying the fighters, but we're only asking the fighters to take the guarantee. We're not paying anything over the guarantee. So it's mm-hmm. it, it, so, so essentially Top Rank is pretty much paying these fighters what they're normally getting paid. or just not paying them anything additional like a bonus or <clears throat> anything at the hey, revenue rate like that. So yeah. and which is fair. So I, that's where I wonder where this discount that, that I hear like people are going to say, like, you know, these guys are going to all take. I mean, we'll s- – We'll see what at the end of the day when it happens. The cool thing about it is when California opening up, as well as Nevada, those guys disclose the actual amount of money these guys are getting for these fights. So we'll, right. we'll find out sooner or another if these guys are fighting in, like, you know, Fight islands somewhere, <laughs> you know, these, these unknown locations, or even down here when they were fighting in Florida where they don't disclose the purse records or whatnot. Because I've, mm-hmm. I've been asking for, like, the USC fights that happened last week, last month down here. Hey, how much are these guys getting? Where it's like, well, USC disclosed it, but if he has the State of Letting Commission, they have no idea, and they kind of turned their blind eye to it so but let's say
0: theoretically Derevatchenko fights Canella. um mm-hmm. obviously Derevatchenko is, is is a tough fighter much tougher than a lot of people thought he was against Triple G yeah. it was a, it was a rough fight uh which by the way would be how lucky would Derevatchenko be to fight Jacob's Triple G and Canela, like within the short period of time like this and like to get all those three top top level fighters uh for a Ukrainian boxer who is not well known that's 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 crazy to me but uh, no it's
1: no, that fate's amazing. He went from fighting uh, Jack Clintley to uh, all these big names and it's like, are you serious? Like wow. Like this guy stays at the top of like this guy stays at the top of the IBF food chain and more power to him for that, in all honesty. Yeah, and more
0: power to his team, I guess, as well. I mean, I think he's being advised by Al Heyman and uh, uh, I'm not sure who his manager is. I don't know who his manager is, but his trainer is still Andre Rozier, so yeah, plus the trainer is is Andre Rosier, which was funny with the with the with the fight against Jacobs know how he had to basically because uh jacobs andrew razio also trains jacobs if i'm not if i'm not wrong uh yeah but anyways how do you think this fight will go
1: uh honestly i think it's the one thing with canelo fights where it's like i just don't see anything extraordinary out of it i think we get I, I think it, it i think it plays out a lot lot like the uh, I think it plays out for him the same way that uh, uh, Alvarez Jacobs played out last single to Mayo. I think it, it plays out like that in terms of mm-hmm. not last single to mile, from last year. There was no single de Mayo this year, but mm-hmm. in twenty nineteen, where the fight was pretty much where like Jacobs was able to really, yeah, 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 pretty much. It, pretty much Alvarez is, but just boxes around him because he just uses his, his footwork around everybody for the most part for his fight. So he's not gonna go for the kill. I don't think I don't, I don't think he'll go for the kill on that one. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you
0: yeah I can see that too, but also, I don't know how Andrey Vachink is feeling right now because by the way like he the whole suspension that he's still suspended by New York State Athletic Commission, where he was suspended for a long time does that is that a fact I don't even know if that's serious or not, or it's just like a like what does this mean when he's suspended for such a long
1: time? Do they really keep up on his health? They don't really keep up with like that. I think the way he was suspended, they suspend everybody after fights in New York is as a general well, yeah, for a couple government. of weeks. That's yeah, it's that's, yeah. yeah. just a couple of weeks. I, I never, I didn't hear anything after that besides that. Actually, I, if, if he's still suspended, that's kind of bizarre. But maybe yeah. they just haven't. There, it, it, it maybe just be a paperwork error, <clears> but it, 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 it may be something along those lines where it's like, no, usually they just do it for a couple of weeks. You know, it's for health reasons. That way, you're not doing like they do like in the 30s, where you know you'll fight on Monday and then like Thursday. Hey, I'm ready to go again. You know, any of that mm-hmm. nonsense. Right. Those right. those days are over, but. It, yeah, that's really weird that he's still – wow, because for most of the young people I know that are still suspended up in the state from New York, at least, is uh, uh, Ivan – the one, the guy who fought uh, Danny Garcia because he bit his ear. So, mm-hmm. outside of that, I didn't know anybody else was still canned. So, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't
0: know how this works, but I mean, yes, they do have a medical checkup after the fight. But then like, okay, if something yeah. is wrong, let's say there's a broken eye socket or something like that. Do, yeah. Does New York State Athletic Commission send their, like, send their doctor to keep up with, uh, with doctors who the fighter is using and all that? And then they exchange information and then like, okay, is he fine? Okay, cool. Like, like how does this work? But I mean, that would make sense. But that would make sense on that true. part,
1: but but I, but I think that may be the case where it's like, because I know Ariola was suspended for a while from, the, uh, from in, the, in New York after his fight with Konaki because he had an injured hand. So mm-hmm. I think what happens is once they show the medical records and you, you prove to him that hey, he's functional, here's our waiver, here's his, here's 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 the medical records, then they just lifted it. It's it's one I think it's just one of those things where they they, they just haven't lifted it off of anything. And uh, right. they even told the fine folks at Boxwork about that. You know, they gotta you know keep, keep Boxwork people busy. So you know, it's it's what they do with that stuff. All right, moving on to the next
0: topic. And it's kind of like a crazy, silly topic, but kind of in the line No, bring it. <laughs> well, it's Triple G with uh, Manny Pack here, right? Which is just a weird kind of uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, is. throw down
0: by, <laughs> by Freddie Roach. Like, ah, oh, yeah, Manny's ready for Triple G if he needs to do I, But by the way, I just got off the phone with Tom Loeffler. Uh, we were doing Instagram Live together uh, yeah. like an hour ago. And I asked him this. And I'm like, Tom, what's, what's happening? What do you think? And. He says, like I don't know, Freddy is just a good promoter. It's just I don't I don't see this happening. Like so, Thomas basically he doesn't see it as a serious kind of a proposition or a serious kind of talk. Uh, but again, in the as we thought as we said uh, uh, before, stranger thing happened in boxing. And let's say Manny Pacquiao, because I don't see Triple G going below 160. That's for sure. So Manny Pacquiao yeah. will have to go up to 160. Uh, let's see. If he dares to do this, which I don't even see physically how how
1: he can do it. Let's see. Let's say that he does it. Like, what do you think will happen? Uh, I think Triple G <laughs> stops it like in two rounds. But no, it's one of those <laughs> things where it's it, it's 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 one of those fake fancy matchup things where I think Tom will probably comp- convince what you is where it's like, hey, it's 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 quality fancy booking. At, at this point, it's because we have no actual live fights or no live big name fights. We're doing all these hypotheticals and fancy matchups, and that clearly is one of them. Where yeah. we have triple G coming down like the one say he fights they fight at one sixty where it's triple G training down to one sixty and you got manny at, at more likely his walk around weight, which is not exactly the way to go, so yeah. he has a he has to bulk up to it or at least muscle up to it and it is, no' it's just, uh, at age forty i mean and you know what it is i think in terms of that it's just it's just the drawability and the star power for it. And of course. Usually, they and, and the big thing with a lot of these fancy matchups, I, I've realized too, where it's like they realize that there's no fights happening either in the United States or United United Kingdom with fans. Mm-hmm. So every single one of these imaginary fight scenarios, you always hear at this point, and it's not like this like the last like ever since this pandemic broke out. It's like, hey, fighter. Big name fighter A is fighting big name fighter B in Saudi Arabia. You can pretty much plug and play in any matchup you've heard in the last six weeks. That's all you've been hearing where it's like, well, why are they fighting in Saudi Arabia? Well, that's where the money's at. So they all do that. And it's like, okay, like how many of these, how many of these fancy Saudi Arabia matches are we going to hear? I mean, we've heard, you know, when the pandemic broke, like, you know, that yeah, you're gonna pay you know Deontay Wilder to skip the Tyson Fury fight for the third time. He's gonna he's gonna fight, you know, Joshua in Saudi Arabia. We've heard that one. Garcia Pacquiao, Saudi Arabia, I've heard that one. Amir Khan Manny Pacquiao again is making the round rumor mill again in Saudi Arabia. I mean at this point, Saudi Arabia is becoming the new Las Vegas. But unfortunately, <laughs> none of these fights are going to happen. Unfortunately,
0: <laughs> you can do certain things you cannot do certain things in Saudi Arabia that that you can do in Vegas, so that's unfortunate
1: (laughs) yeah there's that too there's there's a there's a freedom issue as well and it's like you got to convince these guys hey we'll 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 back up the brinks truck you're just gonna follow uh with with your passport and it's like uh some some of it just doesn't add up and that last week with this whole triple g Pacquiao stuff i thought was kind of funny actually where it's like that that came out of the works where it's like i really think Pacquiao, if he's fighting next go around and it's gonna i think he's gonna disappoint everybody with this i think he's gonna fight Keith Furman again in a rematch. I think I, I, I'm I'm set on this for some reason or another, and I know I'm probably the party of one on this. I talked to you about this. Mm-hmm. I just have this weird feeling where he's he's because it's it's one of those weird Pacquiao rematch fights. And I can just see where you know. Uh, well, let's Furman think about it. Let's let's yeah. think
0: about it. If you're Pacquiao, what's your main potential cash grab? It's Floyd, Floyd Mayweather two, yeah. right? So yeah. in order to stay in that Floyd Mayweather two level, what do you do as Manny Pacquiao? Well, you have to protect your brand, the brand of this crazy guy from Philippines who are still in his hes in his 40s, still can knock people out. He's still super energetic and, yeah. and all of that, right? So you don't want to fight against Triple G or someone else like this for a potential very like little less cash grab and, t- tarnish, war, yeah. and tarnish your brand that will potentially, you know, uh, worsen your chances to fight Floyd Medic. Floyd Mayweather and Floyd has to do his own thing to kind of get back into the boxing and and you know and also be be, be perceived as a competitive opposition right so if you're yeah. Pacquiao do you want to do any risks at all I feel like in the past several fights you know we, we Broner uh Thurman. The, guy, the, the guy I just mentioned with the with the flute what's his name I forget
1: yeah Thurman Thurman, yeah,
0: yeah. I always, when I say when I think Keith, Keith Thurman is always like his picture with the. Flute it's thing. always that,
1: yeah, that flute thing. He, he's not gonna shake that ever in his lifetime. To be honest with you. <laughs> hey, I
0: don't know why he needs to shake it off. Let him do the flute thing. I, I like it. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, <laughs> but anyways, I feel like that's where Placier is right now. Is hey, maybe you shouldn't actually even take fights. I feel like with the with those two fights that you had, Broner and Thurman. I feel like you're you're pretty solid in terms of your brand, in terms of the fact that you're still. You know, you've still got it. Just, just wait for Floyd to do his thing. And if they're going to get together, I, I don't think the fight's going to be as big as the first one, but it's still going to be a significant amount of money. Uh, and that's what I feel like Pacquiao should aim for. And I think that's what he's being advised to do. I mean, you don't want to take risks for, for, for lower money, especially in this environment of low business uh, productivity, basically, with low output of, of profits.
1: Yeah, that makes sense too. And in terms of that as well, I'm I, I I'm in, I'm in a camp where I really don't think Floyd's coming back at this point. Only because I just don't think Floyd. I don't think Floyd wants to. I mean, he, I mean, I think he's he's willing to do anything around boxing to be around it. I saw him actually. You know, he was he he still goes to the fights and tends all tins all the events. I mean, he was at the Javante the, the Davis uh, game Gambio fight last December in Atlanta. He was he was sitting ringside with, with the LRB and the gang for all of that stuff. He was he's still around the fights and everything else. He's still training, right, you know? and working the midst with yeah. uh,
0: Haney and all. So I mean, it's he's still kind of in the yeah.
1: He still wants to be a part of it, but I don't think he wants to be actually in it. And, and, and it, it, the one fight room that's been rumored as well, mentioning speaking of Saudi Arabia, they mentioned with Pacquiao, they they always hinted at Conor McGregor, which is one of those things where it's like, as goofy as it sounds on paper, and trust me, it is, it, mm. Conor McGregor is still, as, as much people, love or hate UFC, he's the, one of their biggest draws there. So you, Oh yeah, no, there's going to be money. I mean, the fight is yeah, going th- to
0: be funny as usual with him. With yeah. the boxing thing, well, that's usually yeah, sport.
1: and and that's what and that's kind of the deal with that. Where it's like that, because I, I, I keep I keep hearing that flu, that rumor as well, and and I can see that fight making more sense as opposed to any of these other ones. Where it's like, hey, where where, where are we getting Pacquiao Spence? So it's like, I don't think we're ever going to get Pacquiao Spence or any of that <laughs> stuff. It's like I don't think Pacquiao at this point, you know, the wrap of his career is trying to unify the the, uh, the belts at one forty seven to towards this, to to solidify his already Hall of Fame career. I don't think he really gives a crap about any of that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, But that's that's why it really is for
0: a gas grab. (laughs) See, that's the thing. Like, I will never know that because I'm not in the fighter's mind, especially on that level. But there's always, like, money versus the the game you know versus the status versus like being on top being in the ring being the performer in the theater being in front of thousands of people cheering for you and being like having that godlike feeling i never experienced that as a champion right but they they know it and that's why we see so many people come back for that yes there's money but there's something more to it so i don't know if there's a factor for floyd i don't know if there's a factor for if this is a factor for many um especially when you have so much money you know but who knows but uh errol Spence is, a, is another case is where if like if i was errol spence in my first fight and i know that there's like another fight that has been kind of set in stone uh yeah but fighting floyd right now going after that going out of that ca- uh, car crash and sort of ending i'm sorry i said floyd i meant many pack and ending Pacquiao, yeah yeah and, and and ending his career uh kind of Will put you back on that boxing stage, even though Manny is, is kind of like Manny's always insured by the fact that he's old. If he loses, he'll just say, yeah. "Hey, I'm old. Like there's nothing else I can do." Uh, but yeah. If, but if you win uh, against Manny Pacquiao, I feel like that still gives you some points as well.
1: But I don't oh think- yeah, it's. it's- it's the idea of having that name on your fight resume, where it's like you you have you beat Manny Pacquiao. I mean, how great does that sound, honestly? And it's yes. one of those things with with Spence, where I do believe that as well. And with Spence in general, where it's like, I, yeah, that that Spence Garcia fight was already set to stone before everything was said and done. Yeah. with Whatever without the pandemic, whatever without fights and all that stuff, that that fight was going to happen one way or another. We're just getting it later than sooner. And mm-hmm. it's it's funny with Spence, where it's like, I mean, Spence still has something to you know obviously build his career up, as opposed to where with Pacquiao, I really just think Pacquiao was looking for like the next. Next two to three big fights he can get, and then you know mm-hmm. to do his thing with the whole Philippines uh, government thing. So I just don't see, I don't I don't see him taking any type of matchup where it's going to put him at a risk per se. That that's just my thing. I will agree with you on that. Where it's like I don't see him tasting like he's not going to face. We're not getting we're not getting Broner Pacquiao too. We're not we're not getting any that stuff. So we'll, we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. You think Pacquiao's is going to run for president? In the Philippines, yeah, it's a done deal. I think he I think he already hasn't I think he already hasn't won actually. I'm just, I'm I think he's just waiting to buy time. I really do.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's just waiting for the other guy to finish so that he can, he can step in.
1: That would yeah. be funny.
0: I can imagine Pacquiao standing next to Putin or, or whoever else <laughs> and, just,
1: <laughs>
0: and then exchange they, they exchange some joking blows. Uh, well,
1: no, you, well, you know what it is with, with all the world leaders, you know, you, you'll have Putin, all your other world leaders, you know, just sending it to Manny Pacquiao because every person does this and and fighters hate it. I know Tim Bradley and Andre Ward hate this when you talk to them about this. They all have to have like that fight pose of like, like their fight stance. They all have this when they have these pictures where it's like everybody does it. And it's like you're not going to get away from it. Right, like, if you right. fought in the ring, if you fought in the ring, you're getting a photo, you're getting a person doing this in the background. It's, it's, it's guaranteed every time. <laughs>
0: That's so <laughs> you're, funny. You're getting
1: that boxer selfie. <laughs> I
0: know I know it's ridiculous. I just can't wait for this everything to be back and and at least we can have some some new developments because honestly i I kind of burned out like I've done so much so many zoom calls and so many zoom podcasts <laughs> about you know with boxing people, but like with boxing not existing around, and it's just like at what point is this enough and I'm feeling like okay i'm, I'm like I'm approaching this moment where like i'm I'm ready to like have some sort of new. I don't know new paradigm of boxing so that I can finally talk about something else in terms of boxing as well. But so they better start now.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're, no, we're at that wall now where it's like, there's nothing going on and all we're doing is pretty much talking about fights that may or more unlikely may not happen. And yeah. we just sit in conjecture and we're back to, you know, making lists of all that, you know, the greatest fighters and all that, you know, the usual run right in the middle stuff that happens in boxing media and Twitter and in, in social media as a general, where it's like, man, I, really wish we had a fight to stop this conversation. And that's what we need. We need fights to stop these conversations. And until we get those fights, we're so stuck Marquee, with these conversations. I actually,
0: I actually saw you tweet something about like, you actually getting booked for some, for some events or for some sort of a work projects. What are you working right now in terms of boxing? Are you writing about something? Are you, are you being invited to some, to some events to cover? Uh, what's, what's on your horizon right now?
1: On my end, pretty much with I'm part of they got me back in the boxing media uh, swing of things on my end. So I'm, I'm being invited to all the conference media calls they have with the fighters beforehand, you know, like we hear like the pregame, the pre-fight notes, everything else. You, you get to hear the test like for example with top rank upcoming. You get to hear Tessa Tor and you know Bradley speak about the fights and all that stuff. You get to hear the fighters, talk, you know, say how a camp was. Nothing and nothing really crazy on that part, but, but it's just some just general media, I'm doing about all that stuff again. Uh-huh. gotten back into that with them gotten they're they're doing with the media as well what was i, I know topics to do this i'm pretty sure the rest of them are going to follow so they're doing pretty much like for a post-fight conferences they're doing pretty much these zoom calls where you speak to the fighters you know via this and they just mm-hmm. yeah ufc's already put the blueprint for this already out we're like you'll, you'll do the interview and they have like the person in the corner and it's like they'll raise your hand and you'll point they you will know, unmute your mic you know yada yada <laughs> for questionnaires and stuff so they're doing that with media on my end so i'm still doing that for my stuff for bigfightweekend.com that's my writing outlet so i'm always able to do that with them uh, mm-hmm. Still talking with everybody, you know. Obviously, I'm talking with you about it. I'm talking, anybody who wants to talk boxing, I'm talking to anybody. Tony Bruno on a Sirius XM Radio. I'm, 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 I'm pretty much. He, he made me his de facto boxing insider, so I, I kind of, I put that on the resume everywhere I go now. But uh, it, it, it's it, up with him, you know. Locally here, radio with Rock Riley. Pretty much just talking boxing wherever I can. Uh, until we get some more fights. I know we're having, you know, fights on Tuesday. And then after that, they're probably gonna open the, the 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 calendar with more fights on with top at least over the summer, because like, their their summer schedule is sort of kind of set up. It's some of it's better mm. than others, but it, the one thing that they are doing that I think is smart on their end is they're they're putting these fights back on on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which makes sure they don't they're not in competition with any other remote sporting event that could possibly happen, right. like a you know, UFC or whenever they say basketball picks back up, you know stuff like that or. Whenever they film these NASCAR events, or you know all, all that nonsense, so they're they're, they're not going to be any in any competition, and it helps now that uh, Major League Baseball can't get the money part right, so they're not going to. I'm convinced honestly at this point, the only baseball you're going to play this year is on MLB The Show. So until, <laughs> until 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 they fix that stuff, that's all a done deal. So it helps with ESPN and with Top Rank, where they they're they're pretty much the only sporting event they can show that's not on ESPN because that's not a video game contest or Korean baseball or them replaying a, a, a football game from twenty five years ago that's not an HD. You know they've been doing a lot of that lately. Which is weird because you look at your you look at these games on TV and it's like, man, this is old. it's like, how do you know it's old? Because it's in letterbox and like my half my screen's the, cut off. <laughs> the, the non-HD videos
0: are are very uncomfortable to watch this day. and Yeah. Even during the Michael Jordan uh uh Even like documentary like yeah i was just like ah stop. <laughs> oh, oh.
1: man this man this man has hair and this video sure is vhe yeah it's like <laughs> it's a lot of that <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of master tapes and it's like oh man like the techno i mean there's there's ways to restore hd with some of these HD stuff, but like with some of that stuff you, you just can't touch it and it's like oh man oh.
0: i was i was a huge proponent of restoring old fights into And so, like, the 4K kind of format, how they do certain videos these days. But I've been told that it's just too expensive to do and no one wants to do it.
1: I th- I think it's a price issue on that point, but I will admit though, like with the t- that you'd think that you'd think that technology would cheapen at some point because even like everybody at this point should have an HD TV. If not, you're probably not watching television. It, I mean, yeah. and, and, and and don't get me wrong, I'm the last person with technology. Uh, I think my <laughs> I, th- I think my cell phone saw the antenna on the back of it. So I mean, I understand all that stuff. I don't know. After my like-
0: problems with microphone today, I feel like I'm the last person with technology. This was uh, crazy stuff
1: today. <laughs> I don't know. My my phone still has the 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 old school eight bit ringtones on this, so I I may be behind you on this, man. It's okay, but <laughs> it may still have that big pimping ringtone from two thousand one. But none, ne- nevertheless, they should make yeah, a comeback. Yeah. yeah, see. They need to bring that stuff back. I mean, we we bring back Tyson, you know, at age fifty five to get in the ring It's like a- something <laughs> you current. I mean, that because to me that's honestly to me that's like like bringing back like the Scooby Doo movies or like ghostbusters or smurfs and it's like we're, we're really we're really can't <laughs> yeah. find anything else to do with this stuff we're really we're really going we're really going down this rabbit hole again or the one movie Bad that i'm Man watching movie. forward to <laughs> is the movie called
0: tenet by christopher nolan and it has uh denzel's washington son in it uh who's a good actor actually from ballers do you know do you know what i'm talking about yeah. that, that movie tenet no one knows what it's about but it looks so amazing i want to watch. It. <laughs>
1: I've seen parts. I've seen previews for that. No, that looks interesting because, well, because also it's the it's summer now, and I, I think a lot of these production companies, would like with film stuff, they they didn't before this pandemic hit. They, I guess they think they didn't have enough time to edit a lot of these films. They're supposed to come out like over during the summer. That's why I think at this point, like the big movies that you're seeing right now coming out is pretty much your movie Tenet and that Pete Davidson comedy movie, which I think they may have filmed like four years ago. It looks like at this point, but.
0: David, is, that a, is that a comedian with the tattoos? Is that Pete
1: Davidson? Yeah, that film. It's like, yeah, that movie, that looks like they could have filmed that pretty much any time within the last five <laughs> years. So it's like, oh, what movie do we have with a comedian that's, that's sort of still on TV right now? Uh, Pete Davidson, like, uh, when are we going to air this? Well, we, we were going to make this a TV movie. Well, there's <laughs> no more movies out right now. Go and put it in the theaters. So it's like, oh, yeah, you can stream it now. Like, oh. Man, theaters are dead right now. I don't know. Yeah, I see. I don't, you know, what's funny. I think movie theaters are going to come back before the zone does at this point. And I think they're both in, they're both in bad shape. They're both in very bad shape. I don't know. I still can, I still have a feeling the zone is not going to go
0: away. But at the same time, I can totally understand when they say like, okay, this whole boxing in America thing, we're just going to cut this. We're just not going to pay anyone. Let them sue us. Uh, We don't incorporated under another company. Let that company go under bankruptcy
1: and all that. They're gonna like come up with something. Who knows? That's also a possibility. I wouldn't be you know what? I I can I can see them doing this whole like like the like the, they, they used to do this like back in the day with like with, like imprint music labels back in like the early late, early ni- late nineties and early two thousands where like a, a rapper like a so and so artist would make like a a a, a music label. And then, like that, that label, like, will like get like get stuck with, like with copyright lawsuits, and then they'll just like you know let, let that fall by the wayside, go to bankruptcy, and then they'll reappear with a different label, show yeah. organization of that rainbow <laughs> company. So I, I can see a lot. Of, so if, so if we see the new the DAZN zone or the two come out, or they spell it you know backwards, where it's like Zenad, where it's like oh okay, what's this? Oh, it's the again, but it's a different channel. Where they they flip the letters around, like I can see a lot of that sketchiness going around. But right. that, but until they actually, well, my thing with zone and the reason I keep saying that they're on the on the on the down end of this world, like they they furloughed all their employees. Where it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, the only people working there are the ones that they haven't furloughed yet, and it's like mm-hmm. you gotta bring the people, you gotta bring the people back to bring the shows back on. So it's like it, it's a lot. And on that term with boxing, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's actually a lot of overhead, and and it's funny because it's a lot of overhead. that actually, I think even with ESPN on their part, they're not doing all the way at yet first yet. Like these top rank shows, they're pretty much they're they're broadcasting like like the play-by-play and stuff like Joe Testator is doing it like at, at over in the Connecticut ESPN studios mm-hmm. Ward Bradley and the gang are doing it from their house like we are right now so that, that's how they're calling these fights so it's it's going to be a, a a drip process until we bring until everyone can get together until everyone can make money doing it there it's going to be a lot of this going on until yeah.
0: otherwise yeah but i mean espn though they are backed by disney <clears throat> disney is backed by cash and we'll see espn definitely
1: has more chances to stay afloat than than the other yeah. than up and coming to zone but we'll but, see yeah, the zone's just not accessible that, that's that's the yeah. they, they weren't accessible before the pandemic and now afterwards where it's like oh it's a streaming app uh, i mean is it on hulu like no oh okay <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, and also what I think what else might happen is ESPN or whatever other network might just acquire the zone and all their contracts and all their rights. And keep it as as a brand for another year or so, and then they're just going to be completely swallowed by, let's say, ESPN. Like e-
1: ESPN Plus, yeah, yeah. I can see that way right? they did the deal, the, old, the old, uh, network government gorilla takeover, where it's like, oh yeah, well you guys can work for yourselves for a couple of bits, and then all of a sudden the things just start slowly going away. Like yeah, almost- yeah.
0: But what I mean, what what is it to go away? They except maybe a couple commentators, maybe a journalist. Like who knows if they're going to stay there if they already have ESPN. I mean, yes. What's gonna go away if they're gonna merge? When companies merge, firings happen. That's that's also like that's the worst. That's part of
1: business. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But at the same time, in terms of assets, what does the zone have? It's just the rights for the fights, Uh, the contracts with the fighters. And that's what the main thing is. And, you know, if if that's the case, then maybe we'll see some better fights. But I feel like that's the, the main thing that the networks will be after. It's not their infrastructure. It's not their servers that they stream on. ESPN has all of that. It's just those contracts that yeah. ESPN will be after. Or whoever it is will be for potentially if they want to take over the zone.
1: What else? Yeah, we'll see if, we'll see if that happens, and we'll see who's all left on the zone for them to even take over. I, I'm going to use the great wrestling cliche on you. When when WWF, WWE took over WCW, pretty much kind of the same issue where it's like, hey, we're, we're taking over the, uh, your, your contract, yada, yada. We, either you have the option of to uh, work with us, or you can work on your old contract and stay home. And for the most part, a lot of those WCW wrestlers back in that day, they all just stayed home where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do this guy. I'm, I'm getting paid regardless. So it's like, I, I can sit in my hammock here and watch the checks keep clearing. So right. we'll see what happens with that. Look, unfortunately, with the zone, a lot of those guys don't have that option. But we'll, Yeah, they have to
0: fight to get that guaranteed amount. I think that's the point. Yeah.
1: Uh, fight the we'll money. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Marquis, we're approaching an hour of our conversation. Luckily, the uh, Zoom's paired our conversation. I feel like they're just saying that it's a gift that they're we can record for more than 40 minutes. Is their strategy to actually cut this in the... Uh, in the future, so that they don't have to apologize for that. But in any case, thank you Zoom yeah, for allowing talk. us to talk. <laughs> Zoom's going. Zoom's going to jam us on these chats sooner or later, man. Just give it time. <laughs> I know, I know. But you know, I'm I'm telling you, they're going to go down once this pandemic is over. Like then, they're going oh, to yeah. become the, just the other, like the, just any other app. In any case, yeah, Marquise believe- Marquise Jones, thank you so much. Uh, tell everyone, please, how can they find you on Twitter, Instagram, or any other social media or websites?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you can find my boxing writings, on that first thing. So you find that at BigFightWeekend.com. dot uh, Anything on Twitter, social media, t- Twitter, Instagram, it's all at Week Sauce Radio. Still one of my favorite Twitter handles ever. I'm surprised thats not caught on more often, actually. But yeah, you can find my stuff there. I'm pretty much tw- tw- tweeting about boxing on Twitter, boxing Twitter all over the place. Pretty much like I got into the point on boxing Twitter where people see my posters like, "Oh, I thought I was already following you." Be that person. Follow me at Week Sauce Radio. <laughs> follow him. I followed him. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean. I, it's fun I'm, I'm 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 i think i'm a fun follow to be honest with you. i mean i tweet for most of my music tweeting boxing news or some sort of sports take, something along those lines i mean more than mm-hmm. argue with you if you if you want sort of kind of not really but in terms of that stuff yeah you, you can follow me there uh pretty much you can catch me whenever i'm doing radio interviews with uh on SiriusXM on Tony Bruno's show that's during the week when he's on there monday through friday 3 to 6 with him and Harry Mays. those are good people's uh locally in town uh rock rally if you find him on uh AM ten, actually, it's AM eight twenty now. They just switched stations. They did a format switch. I mean, AM radio in this country uh, is—I don't know if it's like up there in your neck of the woods, but essentially, it's all going the way of the Nintendo cartridge where They're just blowing these stations out, and they're all being (laughs) consolidated into one big mega game. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It—it's one of those dying art forms at this point. I normally it'd be—it's—it's not quite like. Uh, you know, writing for the newspaper, but it's pretty close. But you can find me doing stuff like that with Rock Rally. I'm here, I'm talking, I'm going to talk with him every so often on AMA 20 during the week, every whenever I'm on there. But no, if you just follow me on week sauce radio on Twitter, I, I can keep you updated on all that fun stuff and you can find my stuff there. What about YouTube? You should get your own YouTube channel as well. You know what? I need to work on this YouTube stuff, man. My thing with YouTube is I need to find a way to get, get uh, either a, a subscription base where I can get, make, you know, like everybody's get to get that, get that YouTube money. I heard they're paying pennies on the dollar now. Is that still a thing? Uh, I don't know. I'm not getting paid. I don't have any subscribers. Oh, damn. Oh, we, we, uh, we, need to, we need to work in this Ponzi scheme, man. Well, but yeah, we will to make that happen. I have, I have
0: 135 subscribers and I love them so much because they, for some reason, decided to subscribe. And that's just, you know, such a commitment. I was just thinking, uh, talking about that in the chat. Uh, yeah. But what, what I love about YouTube is, is their platform and the stats uh, that they give you. Like, they give you so much cool stats that you can work with um and develop you know so basically check it out i really feel like you should have your own youtube channel as well uh i feel like you're very talented you you have a very positive energy and I, I it was always a pleasure talking to you
1: and thank you so much for being on the podcast absolutely man Enjoy on, on, on the podcast man feel free to have me on any, anytime man. i appreciate the conversation it's always fun stuff thank you so much marquise jones everyone thank you so much for joining me thanks man